And I've had to force myself to do that because of adversity. I'm a huge fan of frameworks to give context to life situations. And this is one of the most helpful things I've seen. You're never going to hear this too often, but I'm actually quite happy that I'm mentally ill with OCD, anxiety, ADHD. Colin Minto is a professional mindset coach that focuses on helping people to avoid burnout. Throughout his life, Colin suffered from some serious conditions, OCD, anxiety, ADHD. And so his situation is is fairly complex in terms of the mechanisms he's used to control burnout in his own life. But Colin has developed this 15-step framework, which essentially taps into all of the stages of people's lives and all of the stages of dad's lives and enables them to score each stage to help understand where they're at mentally right now. What does their mental fitness really look like and are they on the verge of of burnout themselves? This is a really fascinating episode. It's very raw. Colin shares a lot of personal insights and stories, but there's a huge amount of value for dads who feel like they are en route to burnout. I hope you enjoyed this one. Hey, Dad, welcome to the latest episode of Dad Lift Through Dadversity. And I am thrilled, genuinely thrilled, actually, to be joined by Colin Minto. So I've known Colin for a few years now, mainly our relationship through LinkedIn being connected in the same industry. But today we're talking about a very, very different topic away from from recruitment, which I think we'll potentially both be thrilled about. But Mm -hmm. Colin, it's really, really, really good to have you. Thanks for coming on the the podcast. First of all, how how are you feeling? Oh, absolutely. Pleasure, Nathan. Really pleased to be here. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling really good. We'll obviously have a good old chat about why I feel so good, because I've had to go through a lot of challenge to be able to condition myself to be optimistic and to get myself in the best, I would say, physical and cognitive shape so that I can, even though going through lots of challenge at the moment, lots of adversity, I can still come out punching and, and smiling. But uh, yeah, no, it's Friday, the sun is shining. It's, you know, I woke up this morning and, and I got given another day, right? So uh, you can't argue with that. No. And the, the, the key word there for me as well was like, I mean, there's lots of stuff there, but the key word for me was adversity, which is clearly the thing that we're trying to help dads tackle with with adversity. We're trying to help them learn how to tackle adversity in their lives and just be fitter and match sharp, I guess, when it all yeah. when it all comes along. Because it's like, without being too negative, it's coming for all of us at some it's point. It's a bit I, shit right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it, whatever format it comes in, it's coming. And so we need to be ready and, and we need to give ourselves the best shot for... yeah. Totally agree. I look, I look, and on that point, Nathan, I was, I was talking about this this morning. I did a video. We're not conditioned for this, right? As human beings, the world is developing so quickly and technology is developing so quickly, but our brains, they take a little bit of time to, to evolve and to catch up. So we, yeah, I started thinking back to, you know, cave person time. You know, you would never have thought you'd have drones delivering your shopping. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But that is the kind of reality we live in now. And we are putting ourselves under so much pressure, so much strain, so much change, so much difference. And we can't keep up. So it's about training yourself physically, but it's also about training yourself mentally, in my, in my opinion. And I've had to force myself to do that because of adversity. And then when you come out the other side, it's like, oh, 
okay, yeah, you can sort of like face up to this. You can go through extreme challenge and come back out the other side and then learn from it and go, well, I've been there and I know I can come back. So if I go there again, I can come back again. Right. Uh, running the four-minute mile, right? Right, exactly that. And it's interesting because a lot of our a lot of our topics are usually built solely around health and fitness, fitness, and this is very much like correlated to that. It's very much connected. We're talking more today about preventing and managing burnout, which is something that I, I mean, burnout is difficult to explain. You'll, you'll probably share more context and, and, and I guess it's going to be different for every dad, depending on their situation. I guess burnout comes in lots of different forms, right? Hard work, like whatever, like financial, burnout. you're probably just exhausted. Yeah. Out there kind of, uh, figuring out like household budgets and that can I guess lead to burnout as well so like what what's your how would you sum all of this up because you've got lots you got kind of 15 15 points to this this yeah. topic right, that you developed yourself after going through like personal kind of processes and experiences and and this mm. is this path of like I just find it really incredible that this has led you down this path of going down the rabbit hole of figuring out what this is in your personal life. You've then gone through this whole research phase to try and understand it better. And now yeah. you're delivering these talks to massive brands, people to figure out like how to prevent and manage burnout. And I want to say that, like I, I genuinely think people don't give themselves enough credit sometimes, but off air, we spoke about some of the brands that you're delivering these talks to. And it's like, it's almost like pinch me stuff. This is yeah. an achievement that you, and this journey that you've been on. Like, Thanks, David. Huge credit for this, but what what it what is like burnout in your burnout. perspective? Well, you're you're never going to hear this too often, but I'm actually quite happy that I'm mentally ill with OCD, anxiety, ADHD, because it's forced me to go down a route of learning and understanding, and investment in lots of therapy, uh, and putting all of these things together to learn that I can bring myself back when I'm at the darkest, darkest possible place. And that has included not wanting to be here on a couple of occasions, which would probably the be the kickstart or the catalyst for me to go, right, okay, I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at the end. I don't want to go down that route. I've got to get myself well. So it forced me to invest in this cognitively and um, and financially. And it's, it's, it's interesting how you know, burnout manifests itself in people. So burnout, per se, is when your body or your brain hits the control or delete. Yeah, best way of describing it. Gets to a point where you have pushed yourself so far, so far beyond your comfort level and your tolerance level that something switches off and it, it goes into safe mode. If anyone's been driving their car down a road and it suddenly switches into that, that safe driving mode where you can't get out get more than 20 miles an hour at a third gear, right? That, that's, that's essentially what we're talking about. This is the body's short circuit. So all kinds of different things that you'd experience, you know, lethargy, mental health conditions, symptoms, exhaustion, you know, just your physical implications. I mean, I'll, I've, I've got a slide I can ping up with loads of different words on that describe the, the kind of symptoms you get. But in its rawest form, it's your body or your brain going, enough, I'm done. You push me too far. And what we're really good at is pushing ourselves beyond our comfort level. Again, I'll articulate this, but if you kind of think to yourself, I sometimes use a, a picture of the end of the Oxford Cambridge boat race, right? Where these it, it, insanely fit athletes, women and men, are 
battling it out amongst the, themselves and they get over the line and one team wins and one team doesn't and you look at the one team that's won and they're elated they're still going and they're going to go on through the evening as well and they're going to you know they're not going to drop but the other team that's had that impetus taken away from them they technically lost they're spent yeah and that that's a situation that, that we find ourselves in we can push ourselves to a limit to a point that we fall over but we can artificially keep ourselves going when we're way beyond our limit yeah and that's what we're really good at doing we're good at overindulging over accessing to a point that once the impetus whatever it is what's keeping us going it disappears you fall over i had a conversation i've got a relationship with an amazing individual who was selling his business and i said watch out because once it's sold once the deal's done once the money's in the bank you're probably going to fall over no 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 i'm gonna have more money than cents it's not going to happen took him six months to get over the, uh, the the breakdown after the money was in the bank because the impetus to get over the line was gone and then the body's like you've pushed me so hard i'm having a reset so anyone can burn out literally anybody can push themselves too hard doesn't matter how resilient you are how strong you are anybody on the planet can can burn themselves out we've all got a tolerance level and once you get to it I'm not going to say the fun starts, but when you get to it, that's where the symptoms start to kick in. That's where you start to feel the effects. And then if you push yourself further and further, it's a compound impact. You keep on pushing. All you're doing is stretching out the inevitable and it will make it bigger when you when you do crash. You've been quite candid and open about in our conversations at the start of the podcast and some of the challenges that you face. And I think that's really, really I think it's the right thing to do as you try and spread this message. What's the what what are the warning signs for you when you feel that crash coming? So again, weird to say this, but thankfully I've got a mental health condition in OCD and I become symptomatic of OCD before I would become symptomatic of burning out. It yeah. is my burnout, you see. So I'm not saying it's a safety net, but it's a massive signal. So when I start to feel, I feel the stress. I start to overanalyze things, which I wouldn't do normally. I start to ruminate. I start to panic. I start to feel anxious. I know that I'm going to a, a dark place. Yeah, I've pushed myself too hard. I'm going to that dark place. So what I then do when I feel that is like, right, okay, I know where this is heading. I've got to bring bring it back in, back in again. So it might be opportune to show you quickly a couple of a couple of slides okay. um, to articulate a few things that um, that I've just shared there. Let me just see if the technology is going to work. Seamlessly. I guess on the, on the so on the podcast version of this, we'll make sure we share the slides in the in the group for anyone who yeah who's in the diversity Facebook community. Yeah, absolutely. So what you'll see here is that your tolerance gauge. And I've kind of made this look that, you know, everybody has got their own normal. I'm not going to say there is a there is someone that's normal. I don't think there is a normal. I think everyone's got difference and we should celebrate what those differences are. Maybe something for another another podcast. But when you start to push yourself hard, I, I would say before you become symptomatic, you can get to being a bit quirky. Yeah. Different things will affect you. Now, if I just go back one, oh, I've gone too far forward. So these are all the things that you might, oh, way too far. These are all the things that you might notice you're, you're feeling if you're pushing yourself too hard. I won't read them out, but they're, they're quite obvious. You, you know when you're not 100% on it. 
yeah and these are the things that you start to, to notice and if you continue to push yourself when you start to experience these things that's where you might come to a complete control or delete where the body says enough yeah you're bedridden you can't get out of bed your mind switches off you have you know mental or physical breakdown yeah so these are all the things to kind of look out for and they could be physical they could be mental it could be you know behavioral all of these things and more and you know everyone's different they'll they'll notice these are a sign that something isn't quite right and then this is where this night image with the, the tolerance gauge comes in everyone's got a breaking point everyone can get to that breaking point everyone can exceed that breaking point without falling over we can use all kinds of different stimulants to keep ourselves going and all kinds of different motivations to keep ourselves going but there is a point that everything that you're putting yourself through builds up and you're heading for trouble yeah with me once i cross over and, and i become symptomatic all my ocd symptoms come through and then essentially when i'm kind of ocds dictating my life that's technically the start of my breakdown and that's where i know i've i've, I've pushed too hard and i've very 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 hopefully very rarely go there but i can make myself go there if i want and this is the reason why these things manifest themselves if, if there's a slide here it's got your three psychological systems we've all got a drive system a soothing system and a threat system our drive system is what gets us up out of, of the bed in the morning wants us to achieve is push 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 and we need that everyone needs a drive system otherwise you know nothing gets done but if you live too much in drive and you push too hard you can have all kinds of difficulties and you can push yourself to to, to burn out the threat system works really closely with the drive system because when you are pushing yourself too hard it's normally your threat system that comes in to go hey let's protect you let's protect colin yeah let's let make him yeah make him dwell on things let's kickstart that fight or flight so there's some right, major activity this is where the anxiety and and that that, that will to solve stuff that's going on in your head comes along yeah. uh, and unfortunately unfortunately going back to what i said earlier the brain isn't trained to deal with the adversity and the pressure we put it under so it kickstarts in and does what it thinks right which is wrong yeah what i learned from all of the therapies i went through that when the fight or flight mechanism kicks in with me to say right panic about this colin which someone without ocd wouldn't panic about would just be like that's silly it kicks in for me and goes right there's a problem here you've got to solve it so you either do a ritual to make it go away or you you ruminate to try and solve it in your head and you can spend hours, days, weeks, sometimes months going through this stuff because these are, are working sort of like simultaneously. And the, and the key thing about this slide is we always neglect our soothing system. Yeah. If you exercise your soothing system, let's turn it into an analogy, an engine. Yeah. If you if the soothing system is the cooling system of an engine, a fan, yeah, and your drive system, yeah, is at 8,000 RPM, and then you put a turbocharger and a supercharger in it, but you don't uprate your, 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 your fan and your, your cooling system, you know what's going to happen. The engine's going to blow, yeah? yeah? So but the more you kind of exercise your soothing system, which is your yogas, your Pilates, your breathing exercises, your compassion to others and being compassionate to yourself, you know, exercising all of that, the the more you can put the flames out when you're driving yourself too hard and when your threat system starts to kick in. Because your threat system 
it's there to save you when you're in absolute dire need and danger but it shouldn't be kicking in at any other time and that's also when you know that you're symptomatic and you're having difficulties what's the so around 10 years ago i read a book which is a really really popular book the chimp paradox by i think dr stephen peace is it mm. uh, pretty sure that's his name anyway but but that slide there brought me back to that to that book in terms of everyone's got this like chimp in their mind who's waiting just to break out and share these threats yeah. with that that are basically built on inputs from probably earlier in life that potentially aren't even correct like they're not correct inputs but they're there for whatever reason so i yeah. think the way you've delivered that is really really interesting and it's a model that i think makes a lot of sense can you share like the soothing system part of that where you have to step back and say I'm actually going to work on on reducing this threat risk in my mind. Yeah. It, is that something that's something that I've really struggled with personally? It takes practice, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you've got to work hard at it. So look, everyone's got the chimp in them, everyone's got the threat system, everybody can trigger it. It's it just it, you you push yourself so hard, you you know, push yourself to excess, it it cuts in. It, it it's there to protect you. It believes it should be doing its job, but it's doing it at the wrong time. So as I said, everyone needs it, but you know, you shouldn't be triggering it unnecessarily. And you know that that soothing system analogy, it's it is absolutely correct. It, it, it can put the flames out. So, you know, essentially every single person has the ability to train their brain and to exercise their soothing system to a stop it from kicking in and to regulate the pressure you put yourself under and to mitigate against the stresses and strains you're putting yourself under and to build your resilience to 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 to, to life's pressures but everyone's also got the ability to train their brain to respond differently to what the chimp and what the threat system is telling you to do and this is what you would class as cognitive behavioral therapy or exposure response prevention therapy so cognitive behavioural therapy is something I've spent a, a, a lot of money on because of my condition. And, and that is where you reframe situations where you have a panic and you have this thought that there's certain doom and your, your, your body's compelling you maybe to do something about it. And that's where you're taught to kind of reframe it, look at it differently. Interestingly, in my therapy, one of the things that I was concerned about with, say, I wasn't concerned about, my OCD made me feel concerned about was I'm capable of harming people. And therefore, that manifested itself in me panicking about what if I could and what would the implications be. In therapy, they said, right, I want you to write down what the worst case scenario could be for you harming someone. I was like, I don't want to go there. And I said, no, it's important to face your fears. It's it's important to, you know, abseil down the cliff and prove you can do it. It's important to go up in the in the plane and jump out of the plane with your parachute and land it and realise that you, you've got to go there. And it took a while for me to, to get the courage to do it. But I started playing through that. Yeah, I could I could I could kill someone possibly and then I'm gonna get arrested and then I'm gonna lose my job and I'm not gonna be able to provide for my family. Then I'm gonna to go to prison. And when I'm in prison, I'm gonna get beaten up. When I go to prison, I'm probably gonna get vividly about like you would think vividly about oh, no, but he, I was I was taught, I was told in my sessions, I want you to go there, I want you to write this down 50 times. I, I want to expose you to the worst, worst, worst case scenario of this because it was described to me that once I've gone there and I can sit there and, and I realise that it's 
it's it's it's possible and sit there and become comfortable with that possibility i've kind of broken a bit of a broken through rather than be apprehensive about it and and fear it and, and try and avoid it you face up to it you know you go it was like wow so so i was constantly thinking the worst and the worst and the worst and the worst and writing it down over and over and over to a point where he said i want you to become bored with it you know and what he wanted me to just be so oh for god's sake this is boring now because you've exposed yourself to it and another thing with the exposure response prevention something you'll hear but you're talking about people with OCD is you might be asked to if you've got a fear of germs you might be asked to touch a toilet seat and then go about your business without washing your hands to someone with OCD who's symptomatic and you're not always symptomatic but because you're kind of under your, your breaking point and then it can kick in you know I can do that now without worry but when I'm symptomatic I would think I've got germs on my hand I could pass that to a handle someone could ingest it they could die I'm going to you know this is my threat system going overdrive and panicking. So forcing me to wash my hands and then forcing me to wash my hands again in case I haven't washed them properly. This is the, the life of some of those. So what you're taught to do is, yeah, get some dirt on your hands. Don't wash your hands. Go around your business and then realize downstream and train your brain that no ill effects actually happened as a consequence of you not washing your hands. And it's it, it, you're, you're, you're creating new neural paths in your brain. You're actually counteracting and proving and evidencing that the things that you're irrationally worrying about aren't ever going to come true and then that is that training element of of your brain so it's a really really complex the brain is incredible right it's our microprocessor it's just genius but it's not equipped to be able to deal with modern day pressures and challenges and therefore it kicks into what it thinks is right or in my case definitely kicks in inappropriately and takes me down the wrong path and that is why we struggle when we're not equipped for it and that's what i teach people and how to recognize when you're getting it and then what to do and i gladly show my last slide in a minute which is all the 15 drivers of pressure and stress and what you can do to a get a healthier relationship with those but b mitigate against those so you can do them but you have to have an offset Wow, this is this is genuinely fascinating. I could I, so for a couple of reasons for me, I guess, and there's probably people listening to this thinking about people that they know as well. I've got a good friend who's got OCD, and I have no idea that it can take you to those places. And Savage, and the education around it is crap, isn't it? Oh, like, yeah, you know, my, 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 and, and and actually. And you realize why, because actually as someone with OCD, who's not got the confidence to talk about the, the illness or the condition, it's, it must be terrifying to reach out to your friends and tell, tell mm. them exactly what you're going through. Yeah. Through just fear no, it, people going like, you're nuts, mate. Well, people have been arrested in the past by having these thoughts of potentially harming, killing people, attacking people that you might be capable of doing these things the, the interesting fascinating thing about ocd is the complete reverse of what you're panicking about is the truth but because your brain's kicked in is taking down a dark path i mean france nightingale had ocd pretty nice woman right but she was also having these you know these thoughts and these this these are just thoughts so a great example here nathan if we both sat there and watched scream yeah the slasher movie 
and then straight after 20 in the kitchen there's a big carving knife there yeah you might think i could use that and stab colin yeah you might think it because it's just a thought we've got these vivid imaginations but you wouldn't even recognize or register you thought it yeah it's just one of the fifty thousand thoughts you have in a day that is just mush and noise you probably only are conscious of about 10 major thoughts in a day and you've got 49,990 that are just noise and rubbish you don't pick up on it but when you're active as someone with OCD or your threat system is looking like a, an alarm system looking for you know a little bit of heat somewhere so it can trigger it will pick up on that and go you thought that so if I thought that about you you thought that you, you might be capable of doing it. oh my god so so who's going to go and talk to someone and say I'm, I'm thinking about you know having thoughts about potentially killing people now everyone has those thoughts interestingly but I'm only elevating them in my brain because my threat system has seized on it and gone oh, right Colin might do something that he desperately doesn't ever want to do because he's not that person. That's a problem. I've got a chance to save Colin. And what your threat system loves is you solving whatever it is you're concerned about because it releases things dopamine. So it kind of goes, right, let's save Colin because I'm going to feel great after I've saved him. You get the, you know, you get the heroin injection, you feel epic afterwards. And then, and then your brain goes, oh, I quite like that feeling. Let's do it again. Let's panic about something else. This is why it spirals. So the darkest, most severe, most horrible things have come into my head that I might be capable of doing. And I've panicked about them for months at a time in, in some situations. And it's purely because my brain isn't equipped to go, ah, that's symptomatic of your illness, Colin. It's not actually real. And therefore, what you've got to do is the best thing. Or in all honesty, and what the, the, the best psychologist in the world will tell you is to do absolutely nothing with it. Just to suffer in with whatever you're feeling. And after about 20 minutes, it goes away. And you feel just as good by doing nothing as you do after solving it, after maybe thinking about it for two hours. And then your brain learns, oh, I don't have to do anything. Does this manifest more with when you're in a state of burnout and you're tired and we saw all those those words earlier on the on the yeah. previous slide which we'll share with the group this this just like must take it into overdrive this is what we're talking about right when, when oh. yeah when this it, is my breakdown yeah this is my breakdown and but a lot of people would probably resonate with with things that they they worry about stuff I mean, if you're worried about money you're worried about someone's health but a lot of people resonate with this when it becomes dare i say it controls you and it inhibits you from having what you would class as your normal life, then it's symptomatic of, of a mental health condition. So yeah, it's absolutely savage, but it it's controllable. And when you understand why it's there, it's really, really hard to, to battle it. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but you can. Yeah, it's interesting because I always think things weigh more when I'm tired, which is one Ooh. of the things that you had on the slide there, right? Of course. Yeah. Well, if let me bring up the let me bring up the, yeah, the, the third slide because this one is going to be super helpful for people. So whilst you're doing that, the, the other thing was the other thing the other observation was it's so important to catch the triggers as these things are playing out, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So 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 important. And look, just because you're feeling a bit tired, it doesn't mean to say you're burning out, right? Uh, yeah. but as I said, it's a it's a compound effect. So you, if you, a great example, let's call it a micro burnout, yeah? Go out tonight and have a 
seven beers and a, and a curry, let's say, right? And you wake up in the morning, you're like, never again. You know, you're going to feel like crap, possibly. But unless you, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of like towards my limit, but some people are much more conditioned than I am. But, uh, you know, if you if you over drink to excess, you're going to have a micro burnout. You're going to feel like crap the next day, but then you get better, right? If you do that 10 nights on the trot, you're going to go down with some kind of bug, right? And you, because it's it's more of a, it's not a micro, it's kind of like a, a, a like a macro, not a macro, but it's, just, you know, it's a, an elevated burnout. And then you can push yourself to complete meltdown. Yeah. So you can have very, very small kind of like wobbles all the way up to complete falling over to cat- catastrophic. And and these are the things that you, you need to watch out for. I've got, I've got this, I've created this myself because nine of these are proven health and safety and psychologically the drivers of, of stress and pressure. But I also think there's some behavioral ones as well. So how this works is there's 15 things here, health, finances, relationships, I won't read them out. And if you have got a negative relationship with any of them, so AKA you're worried about your health or the health of somebody else, then you've got to give yourself a plus one. You've got one driver of stress in your life. You're worried about finances. If you've been treated really poorly by a loved one or someone at work, you've got to give yourself a tick. If you're you're eating terribly, if you're not exercising at all, you're drinking to excess, you've got no fun in your life, you're not being kind to people, yet you can give yourself a one. So what what I recommend in going back to that original tolerance guide is when you're feeling epic and you've been feeling epic for a period of time, best to run yourself through this just to see how many stress drivers you've actually got a negative relationship with. And you might come out at a four. Yeah. So you know that when I'm cruising at a four or a five, I'm okay. Yeah. When you're really starting to feel it, that's another time to run yourself through this. And you might be hitting an eight. So you can kind of work out roughly where your breaking point is. You might be, you might surmise from that that I could probably get myself to a five or a six, but anything beyond that, I might start to have difficulties. And it's not an exact science because everyone's different, but I can cast iron guarantee. If you're at 15 of these, then you know, book yourself into the priory because you're heading for a massive fall, right? But if you look at all of these and go, yeah, I've got a negative relationship with some of these, or you look at them and you go, actually, I'm quite cool. I don't think I've got many demands in my life. And you tick yourself a zero. Add up how many of them you've got a negative relationship with. Then you can start to think, well, what am I going to do to reduce this down? Can I get more control over the things that are going on in my life or more control at work by asking my boss, let's say it's work related, look, this this situation where I've got all this responsibility but no authority to make any decisions, stressing me the F out, right? Can you give me a little bit more power? Okay, yeah, of course. Didn't realise that was a problem. Then you can take that one out of your life. Yeah, if you've got poor relationships, work on them, etc. You can start to bring them down. The beauty of this as well is when you look at those ones at the bottom is you can get yourself a credit. Yeah. So I can push myself to the absolute limit with some of these things. But as long as I'm resting more than I would normally do, I'm over exercising. I'm religiously great with my diet. I don't do anything to excess. I'm living my life to the max in terms of fun. And I'm being beautifully compassionate to everyone in the world. I could score myself six credits there. So this is where you can kind of look at all the things that are going on in your life and go yep tick yep tick the other day monday when i got back from a a, a horse event in wales with my family 
where we had really late nights and did no exercise and we had quite a few beers in the evening etc and i'm out of i'm not out of work i'm between jobs at the moment just finished a contract and wondering where the next one's coming from finances is a bit of worry mortgages going up next year and i'm thinking oh my god i better get a job soon otherwise so i i started feeling really really wobbly on monday it's like right got me running shoes on went out did a 10k yeah and bought myself a credit and started to regulate myself then i started thinking about these things again yeah okay you know what is the worst that can happen going back to what i was taught by my therapy and exposing myself to the to the the ultimate concern about the fear and realizing actually hey, it's not necessarily going to happen and, and it's not so bad once you once you've kind of like got there i i regulate myself but this is so vitally important to everyone out there that, that that's that's watching these are the things that you need to keep an eye on yeah and if you can have a more positive relationship with them some of them you can't i get that but just by being mindful that these are the things that are driving you to maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable, that in itself is an incredible, empowering understanding to go, yeah, I'm feeling a bit crap because all these things are going on in my life. Now, I'm going to try now to mitigate against some of them or I might up the I might up the exercise or I might, you know, not have that burger or I might not have, you know, all those beers on a Saturday night, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is, I'm a huge fan of frameworks to give context to live situations. And this is one of the most helpful things I've seen, just to sit back and analyze it. I think we try to process too much in our minds and try to come up with solutions without actually getting things down on paper. And I think writing things down or at least speaking into your phone yeah. is, is a really, really powerful thing to do because you, I never, I don't know about you, Clark, I never make decisions in my mind ever. It just doesn't happen. So mm. I procrastinate too much. I can't think logically. I'm trying to think about too many different scenarios. I've got you've got you've got the family stuff, you've got work stuff, you've got financial stuff. There's too much there to make yeah. unless you sit there and write things down and actually try and figure things out end to end, you're never going to get to that point where where you can box things off. And and having a framework like that, like it's just so helpful like if you're happy could i are you good for me to share that in, in diversity and, and let the dads take a look at the school yeah, of course yeah no, 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 i want the world to have all this knowledge yeah I, I i'm unfortunately fortunate that i've found the key yeah i don't want anyone else suffering yeah if i can help one person not hit the wall then you know that's on my tombstone you know i'll be happy man so absolutely i, I just want everyone to know that everyone can break these are the reasons why this is what you can do about them and you can come back if you hit the end yeah wow that, that, i think yeah the framework at the end is is has given me so much more clarity when you were talking there i was going through it and there was a even around purpose and, mm -hmm. and honestly for the last three years i've been sat there doing a job that i just hate and it's been it's been it's just been depressing to be honest yeah. like that in a glorified shared a man cave in the garden which is great but doing a job you hate on your own every day like is just it's it's it takes your personality away from you doesn't it you're yeah. just so numb to and desensitized to like all the great things in life because so much of your time but my time was spent working a job that i hated if i had something like this and got it down on paper i would have made this decision like way sooner way sooner yeah uh, but i think that's going to 
helpful for dads. Yeah, no, I'm more than merrier. And uh, you know, you said at the beginning, how am I feeling? And I said, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling epic. The reason I'm feeling epic is because I, I, I wake up in the morning. Yeah. So this is advice to everyone. I wake up in the morning and I just go, how am I feeling? Yeah. Physically and mentally. Yeah. Better self-compassion. And if there's something not quite right, I go into the day knowing that there's something not quite right. Yeah. I don't kind of hide away from the fact I don't kind of shy away from it. I don't suddenly stumble across it after breakfast that I'm not fit. I'm just, I'm waking up and going, am I in good physical? Am I good mental shape? And if I'm not, okay, expect it's not going to be the best of days, right? But, or I might have to work hard to mitigate against it. So get up, bit of a self scan and go, right. Okay. That's fantastic. And then I, I'm constantly looking after myself in, in all of these areas. I know I'm going to go out tonight for a few beers. And I know that that could possibly affect me in the morning. But I also know I'm running park run in the morning on a Saturday morning in Horsham Park. Come and join me if you're local. And I, I'm going to mitigate against those, those, those beers, right? Because I'm doing something where I'm buying a credit, which is allowing me to. So I just live my life now looking at all these things. Like, yeah, I'm under con continued pressure at the moment. Finances. What am I going to do about that? Okay, put some plans in place. You 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 coined it beautifully. I do make a lot of decisions in my mind because my mind's conditioned to 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 think and solve. And yours is different. Great. You know, that's why you and me would work really well together. I'd be like, woo, and you'd be like, hang on, let's get this down. Yeah. So you you've got your own way of doing it, but you reeled off a number of things there that are possibly driving and compounding for you to feel a particular way not necessarily burnout but you might be feeling stressed as a consequence of it so you can look at those now and go yeah these are the seven things that are going on in my life at the moment that i need to have a bit more positive relationship with them or i need to go out and have some fun yeah and have something to look forward to i, I recommend to loads and loads of people book yourself a holiday because you'll be focused on something good in the future yeah we're living in the now and yeah all those things you mentioned they were not things that we as homo sapiens when they first came onto the planet back in the day in the stone age were ever planned for us to deal with but they're things we're dealing with now which is why our brains bless it and our threat system and i, I love my threat system because it is going to stop me running in front of a car one day yeah because yeah I, I, I'll, I'll hear something and our threat system kicks in and i'll mitigate against it i'm so I'm so grateful to have a threat system and I could be really angry with it because it, it, it drives me to, you know, to, to the darkest, darkest places, but it's not its fault. Yeah. I've got a medical condition and it's not trained to be able to deal with that stuff. So I cut it some slack, but I tr constantly train it and try and educate it so that it does work in my favor and it will continue to work in my favor. Fascinating. I, uh, we're in danger of speaking about this all day, so we should probably wrap up soon. July the 17th, 2018. Tell me the significance of that day, Colin. You're never going to get it. You're never going to get July it. July the 17th, 2018. I'd like to say it's probably my 20th year anniversary, but it's no, no. Miles away. That was actually the day we connected on LinkedIn. Was it? Yeah. And we've not had a conversation in person. We've had we've exchanged a few messages and yeah. been like very aware of your work. And I, honestly, 
it, I've done a lot of podcasts in corporate world recruitment. This has been one of my favorites. Like there's been times listening to oh, you, bless you, you just kind of come alive with this topic and fascinating to hear the knowledge and all the thought that's gone behind it and the value that you're creating for people. So yeah, that's is, a huge thank well, you. For that was much repent. And if I may, when I'd stand up in, in, on stage and do some talks, I talk about some really raw stuff that goes on in my mind and it might be helpful here. I always avoided taking meds for my OCD. It was because when I was 25 and I first started taking Siroxat, I lost the ability to ejaculate. I became impotent. And I say this openly and I say it on stage and it basically floors people. They're like, did he just say that? And I say, yeah, I did. It's a, it's a side effect of an SSRI, Siroxat. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh my God, not only have I got a mental health condition, I now can never have a family. You know, imagine what that was like. So I've avoided them like play. But this, this last time around through the pandemic, where I really, really probably fell over afterwards, I, I, I went back to the medical profession and I said, look, I've got nowhere to go. I'm ruined. I need to try something different. So they put me on Fluxatine, which is Prozac. And it wasn't great, you know, amongst the friends here. It actually sent me the other way. But I was chatting with someone else with OCD and, and I said, you know what, Siroxat made me impotent, but I've taken this Peroxat. So it's the Fluxatine, this Prozac stuff. He went, let me stop you there. You're a lion, right? And I was like, what? what yes. Um, and he said, they actually they actually prescribe it for premature ejaculation. So it's like, oh my God, you know, smooth, smooth from the rough, right? My wife wouldn't agree. She was kind of like, thought I had a libido of an 18 year old and was chasing around the house all the time. She was like, just what's going on? So I, but, but this was, a, this is a reality. But what that actually did for me was it took the edge off and it allowed me to do my cognitive behavioral therapy stuff as well so and then i i now know i've got the absolute key if i properly fall over don't be afraid to to, to go to the doctor in fact when you're feeling rough go to the doctor i mean i'm not a clinic a clinician i'm not a psychologist i've just spent lots and lots of money with them and learned everything and applied it all but don't be afraid to to talk to mates don't be afraid to talk to people like me don't be afraid to go to the doctor they get this stuff now it's the biggest issue that, that in the medical profession at the moment, mental health. Get to a therapist, do cognitive behavioural therapy, whatever it may be, whatever they're suggesting. Get the help. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. I'll stand up in front of anybody and everybody and tell the raw reality of what it's like. And all I get in return is love and people going, F me, Colin. Wow, I can't believe you said that, but it's so helpful because a lady came up to me at a conference not too long ago, a legal conference, and said, what you said about Siroxat, my partner's going through that at the moment, he's absolutely ruined by it, and you've just told me it's a symptom of the drug? I mean, yeah, if he stops taking them, it'll all be you know, back to normal. And she's like, you've saved his life. And I was like, just wish the doctor would have maybe told him that, you know, expect these side effects. So all these things, yes, they're savage. And, and they're sent to try us. But, you know, give yourself and give your body and give your brain a bit of slack. It's not conditioned to do this. And if you put in the effort and you put in the work to mitigate and to, to regulate, and also when you have tough times, do the right things, you, you get yourself back. Absolutely. I fully expect there'll be dads listening to this who are very, very thankful as well. And and I'll obviously make sure that they can find you either in, in the community. I'm not sure if, you, if, you, if you're still using Facebook, you're in the community. Or, or via LinkedIn, I guess. Well, thanks so absolutely. much. It's been incredible, incredibly insightful hour. Absolutely. No problem whatsoever. Anytime, Nathan. And uh, yeah, just keep being awesome, everyone out there. Appreciate it. Thanks, Colin. All right. You take care. Okay, that's-
Thanks for listening to Dadlift. Dads, we are making a huge, huge difference by sharing content inside and outside of the Dadversity Facebook community. We are getting new members daily who are coming to me actively and saying that this community is going to make a massive difference to their mental and physical health, which is exactly the reason why we operate. We're doing this thing to help dads create a better life for themselves and ultimately have a huge impact in their kids' future to help them learn the right behaviours so they can live a better life. We're trying to create generational wealth over here, generational informational wealth that kids can take forward in, in their lives. So keep sharing adversity, keep telling your uh, friends, dads about what we're trying to do and, um, and I'll keep doing everything I can to build the community. But thanks so much for being a part of it. I really, really appreciate it.